0: make sure you're subscribed to issues etc type issues etc in your podcast provider hit that subscribe button and leave us a five-star review this will make it easier for other podcast listeners to find issues etc i'm going to hear this machine turn on now okay it makes a loud noise okay
1: Blow it out, blow it out, breathe through, breathe through, blow it out, listen to me, blow it out. If you hold your breath, it just makes it harder for you. Keep breathing. Take some deep breaths for me. Take
0: your breath. You did it. That is audio of an abortion from National Public Radio and a story about an abortion ballot initiative in Michigan. Why National Public Radio decided to air... The audio of abortion, that was just a portion of it. It actually went on quite a bit longer. I don't know, but I suspect it's an attempt to demystify abortion or, in my opinion, to desensitize us to the violence done to the unborn. Welcome back to Issues Etc. Joining us to talk about the National Public Radio story featuring a recording of an abortion, Dr. Ingrid Skopp. She's an OBGYN for 25 years and Director of Medical Affairs for the Charlotte Lozier Institute. Dr. Skopp, welcome.
1: Thank you, Todd. Glad to be here.
0: What's your reaction to National Public Radio's airing audio of an abortion yesterday?
1: Truthfully, I was a little surprised. The media tends to want to use euphemisms to discuss abortion. So it was unusual that they gave us a glimpse behind the curtain to how heartbreaking abortion really is.
0: Why do you think that National Public Radio decided to do this?
1: I'm not sure. Perhaps they were trying to be fair-minded and present both sides of the story. But I, I really hope that NPR's listeners paid attention and recognized the tragedy that that woman was going through.
0: The reporter during the piece commented that an abortion feels like childbirth. How do you respond to that?
1: That statement made me terribly sad. As an obstetrician, I love women and I love their children. And childbirth is such a beautiful time of life. And this is really, this is the opposite of childbirth. The woman is already a mother. She has a child living and growing inside of her. And yet, for whatever circumstances in her life, she is rejecting that child. And that's just a tragic thing, I think, for all of us to recognize.
0: So take us inside the abortion clinic. What happens there, and especially during the abortion itself?
1: Well, hopefully it begins with informed consent and thorough counseling. I think there's good reasons to think that may not necessarily always be the case. Planned Parenthood's annual report tells us that 96% of their pregnancy-related procedures are abortions. But assuming the woman wants the abortion and understands the risk... The next step perhaps would be um, some IV pain medication or sedation. The speculum, which all women are quite familiar with, would be placed to allow visualization of the cervix. An instrument would grasp the cervix. The cervix will be progressively dilated. And then a suction catheter will be introduced, and that's where the sound that the NPR recording played of the suction, forcibly removing the the fetus and the pregnancy tissue from the woman's uterus.
0: Planned Parenthood's information says that it's a gentle suction. Is that true?
1: Well, I think, again, the abortion industry always paints it in the rosiest possible way. A former abortionist friend of mine, Tony Levitino, says that it is about 10 to 20 times the suction of a household vacuum. We can hear the woman moaning despite pain medication as the procedure progresses. And I think that that tells us this was not a gentle suction. This was quite a painful experience for her as her child was ripped from her body.
0: Now, abortion advocates continually assert that abortion is safe. They often assert that it's safer than childbirth. Is this true?
1: The reality is, in the United States, everything about abortion reporting is voluntary. We don't know the numbers of abortions, we don't know the complications, and we certainly don't know the deaths associated with abortions. It's a very long story, but we really, our maternal mortality system in the United States is is very poor. The data is incomplete in every respect, and so we cannot say anything about the relative safety of abortion related to childbirth. Records linkage studies in European countries, however, have told us that women are far more likely to die in the year following an abortion than following the birth of a child.
0: What kind of complications, both physical and emotional, can follow abortion?
1: A surgical abortion, like we heard, can result in excessive bleeding, infection, retained tissue, even perforation or damage to the uterus, to the cervix, and that actually can lead to future pregnancy complications. A cervix may not be strong enough to hold in a pregnancy, leading to preterm labor. Damage to the uterine lining could cause an abnormal placental attachment. So those are all concerns. The emotional repercussions, however, I think are even more concerning. There's good data. There was a meta-analysis of 22 studies looking at abortion mental health that found an elevated risk. Of anxiety, depression, alcohol abuse, substance abuse, and self-harm. And those Scandinavian studies that I mentioned earlier find that a woman is six times as likely to commit suicide in the year following an abortion than if she had carried that child to term. And of course, there's many women who suffer, maybe not quite as serious a complication, but they they suffer regret. Women are created to bond with their children, and for them to reject their children leaves a hole in their soul, I believe. So all of these things can happen, and we should work very hard to offer other alternatives to keep women from having to um, perform this self-destructive action.
0: The NPR report described the baby as pregnancy tissue. How do you respond to that?
1: Well, again, euphemisms keep the average American from recognizing what we're talking about. But at 11 weeks gestation, this fetus had 90% of the parts of his body that he's going to have it as an adult. I mean, virtually everything is there. It's just maturing and growing. He has fingernails. He has fingerprints. He sucks his thumb on ultrasound. And we can even tell if we watch him suck his thumb for a little while, whether he's going to be left-handed or right-handed based on the thumb he prefers. So he was clearly not just a lump of pregnancy tissue, but he was an immature but small and easily identifiable human being.
0: Why must the abortion industry and their allies in the media continue to mischaracterize both the unborn, as is the case there, and abortion itself?
1: Because when you look at the action with your eyes wide open, it is indefensible. It is a living human being. This is a human rights issue. He is quite vulnerable and he is quite dependent on his mother, which should make us want to care for him and protect him more rather than destroy him because we cannot hear his cries. But again, there are so many ways that our society can help women. We have reliable contraception. We can prioritize relationships, social issues, support. If a woman finds herself in crisis, there are 2,700 crisis pregnancy centers in our country. They can come alongside that woman and offer her support, merely offering this violent action as a solution is no solution at all.
0: My immediate reaction upon hearing the National Public Radio report with the audio of the abortion was that I'm a little more cynical than you, Dr. Scott. I think they're attempting to normalize the violence of abortion and desensitize us to it. But I'm wondering whether or not something like that might backfire because they've taken a step toward exposing what actually happens in the abortion clinic, the abortion itself, even if only through the audio of of the procedure. What do you think?
1: I think you're absolutely right. And unfortunately, I think that many mainstream medical organizations have for years been attempting to normalize this by calling it necessary reproductive health care. Every state that has an abortion restriction on the books right now allows an exemption if a mother needs it to protect her life. Other than that situation, there is no argument to be made that this is necessary health care, It is a medical procedure that's performed for social reasons, and we have so many better ways that we could deal with those social problems than by destroying the lives of young children.
0: Dr. Ingrid Skop is an OBGYN for more than 25 years and Director of Medical Affairs for the Charlotte Lozier Institute. You'll find a link to the Charlotte Lozier Institute at our website, issuesetc.org. Click Talk On Demand Archives. Dr. Skop, thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much, Todd.
0: We'll be talking spiritual warfare, the way it is mistaught, the way it should be rightly taught, with Dr. John Ferguson right after the break. Thanks to our beloved on-demand listeners, Issues Etc. consistently ranks among the top podcasts in religion and spirituality. You can help us climb the charts by subscribing, rating, and reviewing Issues Etc. Type Issues Etc. in your podcast provider, hit the subscription button, and leave us a five-star review. This will make it easier for podcast listeners to find Issues Etc. Help us cast Christ's Net on the internet. Subscribe, rate, and review Issues Etc. today.
1: The Lutheran Church Missouri Synod's Life Ministry is thousands of people sharing Christ's love and mercy and giving witness to our Lord's creation of life, His design for marriage and the family, and the God-given value of all human life from conception to natural death. Working with many partners, LCMS Life Ministry sponsors human care efforts that meet the needs of body and soul and provides resources and educational events for all ages. To learn more, email ministry at lcms.org and visit lcms.org slash life.
0: Defending life from beginning to end. You're listening to Issues Etc. If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Dr. Russell Dawn, President of Concordia University, Chicago. Indeed, the quest for truth is at the core of a university's purpose. The liberal arts illuminated by the revealed truths of scripture are powerful for equipping students for a life of self-governance. A disciple is one who follows the master. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? He said that it means to take up one's cross. The cross is thus the symbol of dying for others, of dying to self for the sake of serving others. And a life of service is a life well lived. Truth? Freedom. Vocation.
1: Concordia University, Chicago. Cuchicago.edu.